Welcome back to Once Upon a Time's New Romans. I'm Becca and I'm here with Kate. Hello, everyone. So today we are going to be talking about setting and specifically setting in relation to the characters. Just kind of an interesting topic. I always love being able to write the world that you create in the story. Oh, yeah. Setting in a story makes or breaks it for me. If I can't visualize where my characters or where the characters are and what they're doing, it just gets me confused. Right? Yeah. It's just like an empty blank spot in your head, right? Oh, yeah. You know, and that it's obviously a very essential part of writing your story. Exactly. So we have a special guest today. Yep. We're going to be joined by Sean Anthony, author of Apes the Gate, and he's also a scriptwriting professor, and he has his own podcast called Sean Anthony's Story Shop, Gas Bar, and Takeout. So it should be a very interesting conversation. Okay, I'm excited now. So without further ado, turn in your white writing brain and let's create. Our guest today with us is Sean Anthony. He is an author and a scriptwriter, um, and he teaches at Algonquin College too. So he has joined us today specifically to talk about settings and talk about characters in relation to the setting. No, thank you for having me. I'm, I've been really looking forward to this ever since uh, you guys reached out. Oh, well, we've been looking forward to it. I literally couldn't stop thinking about it all night last Wonderful. night. We Wonderful. have a lot of really good questions to ask you, Perfect. and I think our discussion is going to be great. So I'm going to get right into it. Um, can you explain the role of setting in storytelling and how it influences character development? First of all, I think that the important part is to identify the medium and then identify the audience. Uh, so, for example, I'm, I'm working with uh, a friend of mine who is from Newfoundland, from rural Newfoundland, an island off of Newfoundland. And uh, when he describes setting and the setting that he grew up in, uh, if his audience, if he only wants people to listen to his podcast or to read his story about that place that are from that place or... Uh, from places like that, which are outports in Newfoundland, he doesn't have to go into the detail that is normally required. Because when he says to somebody, I left the kitchen to go out into the porch and walk over the bridge onto, onto the gravel to get to the lane, everybody from that region knows exactly what he's talking about, right? Yeah. Uh, but not in that region. You really have to say, well, in Newfoundland, we call a porch, not like they do in Ontario, which is the front platform. We call the porch the room that's between the house and the front platform. Oh, interesting. Right? So, so you really have to, first of all, identifying your audience. Uh, and, and number two, uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier, uh, identifying exactly what you want to do with this. So when it comes to describing settings and characters, the, the first thing I ask is, okay, tell me about your audience. And, and then I... I I say, you know, like, tell me about the environment, right? So when you're talking about describing settings, um, the, the, old, the old saying is true, write what you know, but step away and describe those things, those little tiny details that you always took for granted, that you never thought what was even close to relevant. So, so that's how I would, you know, that there, there's an hour long answer to that question, but <laughs> that's how I'm Cole's noting it. Yeah, you're not wrong with that. Um, <laughs> so is there specific key elements that would make a setting come alive in a script or a story? Uh, so many. Okay. Um, I think that number one, what we're always trying to do as writers, whether we're writing for a podcast or a book, is we're trying to find, well, maybe not trying to find, sometimes it's best done when we're actually not trying to do this, but it actually happens, points of relevance. And think of your favorite stories. Think of your favorite books. Often they're your favorite books because they're so relatable. So, for, for example, 
um, the, the example of Newfoundland uh, and writing about outports, I can talk about the shoreline. I can talk about uh, the weather, how the, the fog, instead of annoying me, it kind of brings me comfort. I can talk about the temperature. I can talk about, and, and I will literally, when I'm writing sometimes, and especially if I'm stuck, I will go through all the senses of observation. Okay. I will make a point of going through, what does it smell like? What do I see? What do I hear? What do I feel? Does my, does my skin feel clammy because it's damp outside? A- am I a bit jittery inside because there's something about what I'm seeing that just isn't right and I feel this unsettled feeling? I will go through every single sense because what, what I'm trying to do, and I, I didn't really realize this when, when I started writing, it wasn't until I worked with a professional editor, that I'm trying to find something that somebody can relate to. Um, the other thing I do is I carefully place, uh, in, in the context of podcasts and also storytelling, I carefully place my pauses. And for many of us who are inherent storytellers, we kind of already know you've got to give your audience a, a moment to prepare for what you're about to say, and then you've got to give them a moment to absorb it, right? And, and um, in preparing the setting, uh, I'll, I'll give an example at one point, I was looking, and I stopped, and I noticed that if I limited my peripheral, what I was seeing was the exact same thing that you might have saw on Fogo Island 50 years ago. And if I even tightened my peripheral a bit more and just saw the stages and a couple of the wharfs, then maybe it looked like Fogo Island did 300 years ago. So do you see how I applied that? Yeah, that was, that was kind of cool. He just turned into a story and I was kind of like slowly leaning closer. That got me right into the setting. Yeah, the pause is really effective right. and, and I never even thought about it, but that was, that was great. What should you avoid when creating a setting hmm. things that are going to take you away from the storyline you you really got to take out what's not relevant to the plot line the story or the character you, you know I, I compared to the first book um the book i'm writing now i'm much more conscious of when i'm writing and, and i i actually have often on the top of does this relate to the plot line or character development why is this important when you when you are curtailing and, and taking these parts out cutting the cutting the fat if you will I've put things and I've highlighted it and I said, I'm going to report, I'm going to refer back to this near the end of the book, but I got to refer to it sometime. Yeah. So that answers your question. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Uh, Kind of a follow up from that. Uh, When you're writing settings, like how should you as a writer balance the importance of setting with like other aspects of storytelling um, for like plot and character arc? Like what, what's the point you sacrifice? So when I'm, when I'm creating setting, like it's, it's part of the, there's some benefit to being understated, right? And by saying, instead of coming out and saying, hey, we were poor, or we didn't have a lot of money, or we were this, or we were that, it was, I put on my my, oldest brother's, my older brother's jacket, which I now graduated into. Uh, I'm the third sibling to wear this now. I'm rumbling through the pockets to try to find some change, a nickel or, or penny or anything, but all I can find is cigarette butts, which my brother was probably hiding from my father, right? Something, right? 
th- that's, you know, yes, it is important to physically describe the setting, but when you go a bit deeper, you can do so much more. And the analogy that I use, and I use in my class too with my students, so any of our students who are listening to this, they're, they're going, yeah, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> I went over to this over it and over it and over it again. Make it like math. If you're describing settings, if you're describing personalities, if you're describing anything, make it like math. Don't say that it was raining. Say that you're outside, the clouds are, are heavy, you're soaked, uh, the, the, the water's bouncing up as high from the concrete as you are in, in height, whatever, but don't say it's raining. Nice. Um, are there specific techniques or strategies writers can use to make the settings like interact with their character in a meaningful way? As writers and creators, we're trying to find points of uh, of relevance, something that they can relate to. Whether we're trying to or not, the people who will like our stuff the most are people who will will relate to it. And and when it comes to that, so so to to answer your question, um, sometimes physically naming places that are familiar, that evoke those memories or those emotions or, yeah, I, I kind of remember how that felt. And I kind of remember being in a place like that. That was, yeah. um, so, so I would say that's, that's one technique that I, I tend to stray to. The, the other thing I go to as well, it's like sometimes it starts at a wall, just overwrite, overwrite first, just describe the most minuscule. There's a homeless guy in that corner and people don't realize, oh, you know, I, I wish I could help that guy. But man, the smell, the smell of that guy is so overwhelming. And maybe I'm sensitive to it and whatever. But that smell, it smells like blank, 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 blank. Mm-hmm. And just over-describing it. And then when you're done, you're there going, wow, I've got this 20-page document for something I was hoping to be five pages. <laughs> but then you kind of go through and you, you're looking for where you hit the bullseye. Right? What's the most relatable and, and where, where is it? Because something's going to hit, maybe not you, but maybe somebody who, who you're writing with or telling the story to. And um, here, here's a, a tip for all uh, prospective writers out there or script writers. Uh, leaving your script with people, asking them to, to read it, uh, the, their best intentions, they're great friends, but man, it's tough reading an unedited script. Uh, and I, I've been like, hey, I can't believe you didn't do that. But sometimes I get with friends and I'd be trapped in a car with them, like on a road trip to Toronto or something, a car share. I'd say, you mind if I read this to you? And from there, I could hear and see their reactions. I could see their facial reactions. If this is, if this is a show for, for um, writers and, and oncoming, that's a recommendation I would share uh, with anybody. But make sure they're trapped in a car or something <laughs> like that. And they don't have anywhere to go. But if you have that, that ability in the, in the passenger seat, you can get some real positive and authentic field feedback too. You know, some of my favorite writing is the stuff that makes me uncomfortable. Right? That's good writing. That's good learning, good teaching too, right? And you can see when you read something and a person cringes, you know you're onto something. Mm-hmm. You're, oh, man, I'm hitting it there, right? Like, Oh, that's, they're so uncomfortable by that. <gasps> <laughs> I think I'm going to have to use this technique now. My next road trip, I'm going to be like, guys, I hope guess so. what? Hold them hostage. <laughs> yeah. You're in the car with me listen. for eight hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, here's a tip. Don't tell them until they're in the car. I like and that. That's right. Okay. I'll pay for the coffees and okay, <laughs> we'll go. Okay, we have one final question for you for today. 
Um, if you could recommend a book based on settings, which book would you recommend for people to read? Short answer is Alistair MacLeod Islands, um, which is a collection of short stories. Uh, when you've done that, and then you email me and say, hey, thanks for the recommendation, then go get No Great Mischief. And you'll be <laughs> glad you did. All right. Well, thank you for um, coming on to the show. This discussion was fantastic. Oh, I'm going to take you. a lot away from it. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming on. Well, you've been delightful. Thank you for thank having you. me. And I look yeah. forward to hearing this. Yeah, thank you so great. much. What do you think? <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. I was sitting there and going, "Oh, I got a gym. I I want to go write something." Yeah, like my fingers are like itching to go like type things. I was literally just about to say that. Like, I want to go run upstairs to where my laptop right? is, yeah. and I want to go like tweak my setting and stuff and the story that I have going on. Right. Whatever. Definitely. Okay. So on the topic of settings, uh, would you have a book recommendation? Oh yes, of course. Okay. I do. Okay. Um, this is a three book series. It's called right. The Never Night Chronicles by Jay Kristoff. Okay. Fantastic. First of all, fantastic series. Very well written. Incredible story. But it's very setting focused. It takes Ooh. place in a world where there is no night. There is oh. three suns. And it has to do with gods and such. But there is no night. There's three suns. So that heavily. And the main character manipula manipulates shadows. Ooh. So with no sun, with Ooh. no night, that she's not as powerful and she has a hard time manipulating shadows. And it's so good okay. for everybody who is um, grieving over finishing the Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Moss. Yeah. This is the series for you. It's so different, but it has the same kind of feel with a very badass female lead <laughs> who is an assassin and just uh, incredible. That's awesome. What about you? Okay. So one of my childhood favorite books is The Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. And I love it, especially in regards to setting. Like, it's one of those books you open up and you don't even have to imagine the world there. It's just so complete and so ready. You can just immediately be in part of it, right? So I loved it. So I started, you know, all the way from the first book. I, I was one of those very vicious readers young. So I was like seven mm -hmm. reading this thing. And I was just so immediately into it. And every time I even hear the soundtrack of the movies now, I'm just instantly back in there, right? Yeah. But to be able to put together a whole world where you can almost feel the grass underneath your feet, I love it. Absolutely. That's, Hands down, my top recommendation. That's incredible. Times. I remember reading Narnia and just right? being there. It was awesome. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, everyone. So our next episode's actually coming out on Halloween. Yeah. So that's going to be very exciting. Uh, as always, you can find us at our website at Once Upon a Time's New Romans at dot transistor FM. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. And remember, every story is worth being told.